bits and pretzels inspire you. You will figure it out. This is clearly the place to be. Servus, everyone. I'm Britta Wedling, Editor-in-Chief of Bits and Pretzels, and this is another special live episode of our podcast. We are presenting my conversation with former NBA player Dirk Nowitzki at our Bits and Pretzels Networking Week, which we've held fully virtually due to COVID-19. As an athlete, Dirk Nowitzki, forever entrenched in the NBA's pantheon of scorers, considered by many to be the greatest European player ever in basketball history. As a human being, Dirk has made his career while always keeping his feet firmly on the ground, remaining humble all throughout his very unparalleled career, being loyal to the Dallas Mavericks over the turn of 21 seasons. And in our interview, for which he was joining us live from his home in Dallas, Texas, Dirk shared some of the biggest lessons the basketball superstar sometimes had to learn the hard way and that he thinks are useful for entrepreneurs as well. From how to utilize failures as motivation and stepping stone towards even greater success and having someone in your life who will guide you and keep you grounded by taking on the mentor role to the need, of course, to never being satisfied with the result, always trying to improve and working harder. And Dirk also shared with us what he's up to now after he ended his very successful career in basketball as the founder of the Dirk Nowitzki Foundation as well as a startup investor. Servus, Dirk Nowitzki. Servus, thanks for having me. It's it's great to have you. Obviously, one of the most world most famous Bavarian. Uh, you grew up in Würzburg, Germany, and made your way mm -hmm. all uh, to 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 the US. So it's it's great to have you here. And I want to kick off Thank this uh, conversation with something that Larry Bird, uh, one of the Basketball Hall of Famers uh, and one of your role models, actually told you uh, when you had your closing ceremony uh, with the Dallas Mavericks uh, last April, and he said it was always your goal to leave the game better than you found it. And I think that's really, you know, inspiring to many entrepreneurs who want to create an impact here in our community, who want to change the world. So, so talk about, you know, what this meant during your career, changing the game. Well, thanks. First of all, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. This is, uh, this is super fun and I'm glad it, it worked out. And, and so going back to, uh, I, I think the game always evolves. I think the, the game always changes and I'm sure that's the same with, with business. And I always try to, to adapt to, um, you know, to grow with the game and not never, never stay the same. And so I'm, I'm proud to look back at the 20 years where the game has gone. Um, there were some rule changes and uh, you just always had to improve. You had to adjust, you had to adapt and um, to play at a high level for, for basically two decades. So that was always my mindset. Never, never be satisfied and, and always try to try to improve and improve with the game. And so when Larry Bird obviously said that to me, that uh, that was very satisfying. And um, of course, it made me very, very proud that that was I was maybe not, you know, the, a huge reason, but a small reason that the game evolved and changed in a way. So that that made me very proud. Right. Uh, one thing that's, you know, similar you know, in professional basketball, professional sports and entrepreneurship is that there's mostly nothing else. 
right? I mean, you started, you know, training professionally when you were 16 years old. Uh, how did you balance that, you know, also having a life outside basketball? How did you manage to not, you know, get eaten up by the system or like basketball itself? Well, you know, I think I had a great family support and I had a mentor that I met who's obviously everybody knows him in Germany as, as a, a coach. And I, I started uh, working with him when I was 15, 16. And, um, I, and they, I had this, this great support system to, to push me in another direction. And uh, he always, you know, tried to challenge me outside of basketball, you know, not don't just dribble the ball and watch, you know, YouTube or, uh, you know, what play video games all the time. You have to mm -hmm. read books. You have to learn other things. Uh, you know, yeah, I had to he pushed me through finish high school, which, uh, which was a struggle at the time, unfortunately. But I just, um, you know, I think even I'm sure as a young businessman, it's, it's important to have somebody in your life that, that, that guides you, that you can talk to at any time. And, And, you know, I was, I was struggling a bit when I first got in the NBA, but I had that, that support and, and, and that guidance from, from that mentor. I can, there was never a bad time to call him. There was never a bad question. I could ask anything. And I think that would be a, a me, be my advice to, to younger players, to, uh, to younger guys who just want to get good at what they do. You, you need a, a mentor in your life that can help you grow. Right. And you just mentioned that, you you know, it was a difficult time for you when you got into the NBA. You moved actually to the U.S. from Würzburg, Germany, from Bavaria uh, when you were 19 years old um, and you have lived there since. Is there like anything Bavarian about you? Do you have like Bavarian attire, which you're not wearing today that yeah. you have, you know, hidden in your closet or how does this look? Uh I, I do have a uh, a, later, a pair of lederhosen, uh, but uh, you can't see them now. You can't see them now, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna keep hiding them. But uh, no, you, I go home all the time. You know, my parents still live there. My sister lives there with with her her family, and so I have all my friends still there. And so we, I take uh, my kids and obviously my wife back there uh, every summer. I want them. To speak German, I want them to obviously know where 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 Daddy grew up. Uh, so that's that's very important to me. And believe it or not, I've never been to the Oktoberfest never? Uh, since that was always a bad time in September. There, you know, I was always getting ready for the new season. So that's something I'm gonna look forward to. Hopefully, uh, when everything goes back to normal, uh, I can go to Oktoberfest and have some fun. Yeah, next year you can uh, come to Oktoberfest and also join us and you know be on stage here physically. That would be fun. Where you That's later a plan for now. Let's plan on that for now. <laughs> you know, many people ask themselves how you actually manage to be that authentically humble and, you know, down on the ground. Is this something that's, I don't know, Bavarian or German about you? Or how did you, who was like keeping you on the ground? Well, I think, I've, you know, I mentioned my family earlier. I think we're from, I'm from a background that's, that's, that's humble um, my mom always, uh, looked over me and, and, uh, you know, she was my, she was my backbone and helping me with everything. And, uh, and even when I was in, in the MBA and I came home to visit my parents, she would give me a little money, to, uh, to go out or whatever. Uh, so, uh, she, she always kept a, a tight, tight rein on me. And, you know, she, she just, uh, is my number one supporter and she, She helped me so much during my career and my life. So uh, she's the one that's the backbone of the family and she keeps everybody together 
and grounded. And I, like I mentioned earlier, I think family support for me was, was big. You know, they didn't want me to go too high with the highs or too low with the lows, you mm-hmm. know, after disappointment and disappointment every year, they were there for me, building me up and building my confidence. And when I, you know, when I had a great season, they were like, okay, you know, stay humble, keep working. So to me, it was important to have a great support system and my family was always there for me. I mean, you are as dirty. You are obviously a superstar, both in the US and in Germany. And everybody has like I this special, it, you know, this special story, uh, you know, with Dirty or Dirk. Um, how do you, you know, get this into your head? Like being like this famous person, uh, where, you know, which with everybody ha- having a personal story connected to you. <sighs> Well, it's, of course, super sweet and humbling when you know people recognize you when you go on the streets or come up to you or want to take a photo or get an autograph. Right. You know, that that shows me that that is respect and they accept for what you've done in your in your career for, for such a long time. So uh, it makes me, of course, happy that I have, you know, fans all across the world now. And, and I'm I'm super proud and super, super humbled by that. And. You know, it's been it's been an amazing journey. When I left Germany or Würzburg at 1920, I didn't know where this was going to take me. And I think at the beginning, I was kind of embarrassed uh, when I went somewhere to, to get recognized. You know, I was I was I was kind of shocked, and I was really shy guy. And and I think you you grow, you grow as a person, you grow to to love it, you grow uh, you grow into learning how to handle uh, public spotlight, and you know so. I wasn't very good with the media at the beginning. So I think everything, all these things I had to work on and grow as a person and you get older, you have more experience and, you know, my, my English was getting better. So I think it was just a whole combination as, as, as growing as a person to feel more comfortable in my role. Right. And something that's really also unique about you and your career is that you actually stayed with one team for 21 seasons with the Mavericks and also leaving a lot of money on the table. Right. Uh, I've, I've heard about a number, 200 million dollars uh, that you didn't take for contract renewals and, you know, many other things. I mean, many people would ask themselves, why the hell did you do that? So, so, so talk about that. <laughs> Uh, people would say I'm a bad businessman, I guess. Uh, no, you know, I was very privileged. I was very fortunate, uh, to play that long in the NBA. Uh, when I was my fourth year in the league, um, our owner, Mark Cuban made me the franchise player when I was 24 years old and signed me to a max contract. Um, so It's, I've made plenty of plenty of money, more money than I've ever dreamed of making growing up, of course. So uh, I was very blessed and very, very fortunate um, and, and very pri- privileged. So to me, it was never really about making as much money as I can. I always wanted to have a great organization. I wanted to have a great team. And uh, for me to take and pay cuts here and there, you know, let us go out and, and get some other players. And that, of course, helped us win, win the championship in, in 2011. So to me, my, my motto was always, you know, try to be the best player that can be. And I was, like I said earlier, I was, I was privileged enough to make plenty of money. $200 million. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that amount, you know, you buzzing in like your that. head sometimes? <laughs> Not, not really. You know, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm living, I'm living a great life and, you know, 
my goal was always not to ever worry again about money. Um, and I think we're set for, for generations and, uh, where I'm smart with my money. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm not really worried about, uh, any financial situations. I love where I love where I'm at. Uh, and, and my, my kids are, are set. So, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm not that much of a, uh, of a person that just worries about money all the time. And, and, uh, I, I love, I love life. I love enjoying life. And, and I know that I can do that. Right. Talking about, you know, your career and, you know, the way you experienced your career, you obviously had great times, but you also had to fought, you know, sometimes when it was like hard to get the team back into the game to come back stronger after a setback. What did you learn, you know, from this, you know, very difficult situations, uh, you know, about, you know, keeping up the good spirit? Well, I think it's normal to be to be disappointed after a loss, frustrated. Uh, I remember in 2006 when we lost the NBA Finals, um, I was so so frustrated. I, I didn't want to leave my house. Uh, I wanted to stay in the house for like weeks weeks at a time, and I was embarrassed. I felt like I let my organization down. I felt like I let, left the city down, wow. my team. And wow. so I took losses very, very hard. And I think um, that's the competitor in me. And But also, I think you learn from these situations. And, and, and ultimately, it pushed me. You know, after it's normal to be a couple weeks, be down and, you know, But then you kind of looking forward to the next challenge, to the next, it motivates you. Okay, what do I have to do? What was, you look in the mirror and, and you kind of see, okay, what, did, what was I not great at here this season? What do, what do I need to bring next season to be a better leader, to be a better player, to be a better all-around player for my team? And so that all, I always used uh, losses as, as motivation and, and, and try, to, try to come back stronger um, the following year. So I think it's normal to be down, but you know, not for long. Then, then that use it motivation, use from, uh, learn from your mistakes and, and come back a better person and player. And, and I always say in, in 2011, uh, we won the championship because, uh, you know, I had a great playoff run there, but all the, all those losses leading up to it, I think made me the player and the closer I was in 2011. Mm -hmm. I, I used all these, all these disappointments as, as stepping stones and then to finally get to the top of the mountain in 2011. Right. We had Oliver Kahn here yesterday talking to our audience and he said that he learned more from his successes than from his failure. Is there something that you've learned from your success? Well, I, I didn't have that much success. You know, I only won that one championship. I'm, you know, Bayern won, you know, in his career, they won the championship 20 times. So uh, uh, that didn't really happen with me. But no, I, I would say I learned more from my losses and, and they kept pushing me. And, and and then once I we finally won it in 2011, it was just, it was like this pressure went off. It was like, uh, I was just enjoying it. I was I was proud for, for our city uh, and for the organization. And I was uh, I was relieved of, of Of, you know, every year I put so much pressure on myself to, to bring a championship to the city. Uh, the, the Mavericks were founded in Dallas in 1980 and they had never won an NBA championship. Right. So I put all this pressure on myself to come through for, for the city of Dallas. And, and when I finally did for me, it was just like it was a, a, a just a huge pressure come off my back. Right. I mean, 
you being like the star of Dallas, obviously, um, can you walk around in the city? Can you drive around? Can you drive to a Starbucks, to a Trader Joe's and just, you know, do you, I don't know, get a coffee or something? Or does somebody else have to do that? So how, how does, you know, life look like? I mean, it, it's okay. I still, you know, I have, I have young children and I want them to enjoy me and I can, I can go out with them and go to places, take them to eat. And, and you know, it's, it's normal to, to get recognized. And like I mentioned earlier, I think that's more a sign of a respect to me um, uh, that, that, that's humbling me that, uh, that people recognize me and, and they care enough. And, and some people come up to me and say, Hey, I'm so proud. And thank you for what you've done for, for, for our city. And of course that, that is super humbling to me and, and that makes me super proud. And, and sometimes people, you know, respect my privacy if they see, Hey, he's with his children or whatever the case may be. So no, I'm, I'm enjoying life and, and, and I'm enjoying the, my children and family. Yeah. Coming to, you know, the situation that you're in right now, you obviously ended your career uh, last year. How was this moment like when you realized that your strength was kind of fading and that you, you know, had to end your career? How was it like? Well, I think it, it's kind of slowly building. You know, it's not like uh, at 25, you're like, oh, I got to retire in the prime of my career. You know, I played for 21 years. So, you know, slowly you see, okay, I'm losing a step, but I can still sort of play at a high level. And so that was gradually building up um, from, from just the last couple of years. And, and so when it was finally time uh, to go, I think my, I knew that my body just couldn't take it anymore. I think mentally I was a little over it, but I think I could have played one more year. We had a good young team there. Uh, I could have probably played one more year, but my body told me it's, it's, it's time to go. And so I was fine with it. I was, I was fine with it. I uh, felt like my, my goodbye at the end was amazing. You know, Dallas at my last home game uh, was, was unbelievable. I'll never forget it. Um, and, and then the last uh, away game in San Antonio, they gave me a standing ovation. So I would, that still uh, brings tears to my eyes. That was, nice. that was a, a great time and I'll never forget it. So I'm, I'm totally fine being retired now. I don't miss the game that much. I, like I said, I'm, we're traveling, I'm enjoying my family and that's, that's number one in my life right now. Yeah. I was just going to ask how, how does your life look like? Are you following the season? How is it, you know, be like not in the game, but you know, outside the game as watch, is there anything, you know, that you find curious right now? How, how do you experience that? Well, you know, I, I think sometimes it's normal to miss it a little bit, uh, to miss the competition, the, the camaraderie in the locker room with the, with the guys and the joking and I, the traveling a little bit with the team. So I miss a few things, but I think that's totally normal. Uh, I didn't watch as much as I, I, sh I thought I would. Um, like I said, we, we traveled a lot before. Uh, this whole Corona thing happened. Uh, we, we were um, visiting family all across the world with the kids. And um, so it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. I can't complain. And like I said, I played, I was privileged to play for over two decades, uh, the sport that I love. So uh, I think I'm, I'm finally, I'm over it and I'm, 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 I'm in a great place. But, but how does your day look like? I mean, I, I guess, you know, when you start training at the age of 16, right, you have a very structured day. You have like a, you know, training session, a diet, special things that you do, special things that you can't do. For example, I don't know, partying. I, 
though I don't know, you know, how that looked like at the age of 16 with a professional basketball player. But, you know, how does your day look like right now? And what do you enjoy that you couldn't probably do earlier? Well, you know, uh, I mentioned traveling. That's one thing I didn't, I, I did some of it during the summer times, but now, you know, we went skiing for the first time in, in 25 years last, wow. last winter. Um, and the kids went, so, uh, enjoy that, enjoy traveling, enjoy eating, um, you know, whatever I want, really. Um, I don't have to do a certain diet anymore. Um, And, you know, I've, I just stay busy. There's always something to do either with the kids, with all the homeschooling now. Uh, we have an office in, uh, in Dallas with our foundation and we have a home office there now uh, that we do some business stuff. So it's for me, it's fun to learn actually different things now. And it's, it's I was always all in on basketball. You know, I, I didn't really have much time or want much time for anything else. I was, if I wasn't playing, I was sitting at home watching games, right. analyzing, trying to get better, always be a student of the game. And now that I'm out of the game, I enjoy doing other things, you know, learn about finances and then a little bit of business stuff. And, uh, and I have more time now for my foundations and a nonprofit world. And so it's been fun to be, to get engaged in, in stuff that's actually not involving basketball. You're talking about, you know, your foundations, there's one in Würzburg and one in Dallas uh, where you offer mentoring for the next generation of leaders. So, so, so talk about, you know, how your path in sports led you to, you know, become a mentor for, for better leadership. So I, I think, you know, you learn pretty, pretty young that the NBA players are very fortunate and uh, we make a lot of money. And I think there's a lot of kids that, that are just not as fortunate or not a lot of families that are not as fortunate. And, and so I founded uh, my two foundations pretty early in my career. And you just felt like you, you wanted to help. You wanted to, to give back to the communities that, that, that support you so much. And, uh, and so I founded my foundation in, in Dallas first, and we've been supporting projects there for almost 20 years now. And we are be proud to see how the, the foundation has grown over the two decades. And now we have two fundraisers a year with a baseball thing and a tennis tournament. And um, we have uh, we have great funds to, to support all these uh, all these projects locally. And, And uh, in Germany, we started this mentorship program uh, just a year ago, and that's been fun. Just helping young coaches and young, you know, teachers um, grow, help them grow the kids that they're coaching, not only in their sport but also outside of sports. You know, right. give them give them tools to 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 grow these kids, not only in their sport. Uh, so that's been that's been amazing to, to watch as well. So. I think the nonprofit world is obviously something I will continue to do for, for the rest of my life. And it's very, it's very fulfilling. And I, I would say to everybody, my advice is as, as a basketball player, if you don't, or, or an athlete, if you don't have your own foundation, try to get involved, try to give back. Uh, it's, it's very fulfilling feeling to, to know you can help and you can make a difference. You know, since this is a conference for entrepreneurs, would you be interested in investing or like getting involved into the business world? So I have, I have a little bit, and but I have plenty to learn. You know, like I said, I started a family office um, almost a few months ago in Dallas, and so we've we've been doing some investment investing, and it's. Uh -huh. It's super fun for me because uh, everything is so new. You know, when, when I'm in this 
business meeting and, and people pitching something to me and I'm kind of just sitting there, you know, the lingo and, you know, it's, it's, uh, you got to sign this and that. And so everything is, is new to me. I've, I've never really done anything like this. Like I said, cause I was so focused on all my sport and my career. So, the, so I'm, I'm, I'm 40 minutes, beginning of forties now, but it's, it's something that, that is a challenge to me now that, that I, I want to learn. I want to be smarter. I want to understand more in these meetings. So, uh, so that's, that's been something, uh, that I really enjoy. I got to say, what, what kind of startups are pitching, uh, to you and what, you know, startup founders would you be interested in, you know, coming over to Dallas, you know, pitching you, uh, their idea. Well, really anything goes, we've been invested uh, in all sorts of things. Uh, I can't really speak on that now, but I'm a silent investor on a few things. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm always, uh, always open to, to listen. And, uh, like I said, it's for me, this is a, is a, is a learning curve. Of course, I'm not doing everything, but small things that make sense. Uh, and that I see are, are kind of fitting to, to me that, uh, I'm always open. Okay. Can you probably name like the area of your investments? Is it kind of sports related or mo mobility related? Mm. We had Nico Rosberg here no. yesterday. who was obviously. Yeah, no, not at all. Actually, none, nothing has been sports. It's been a, a cyber defense startup company. And um, so really all, all over the database company, um, a cookie company. So That's just uh, to give you a couple examples, but uh, there hasn't uh, actually nothing, nothing that's been in sports so far. Interesting. Um, and, you know, many superstars in sports in the U.S. become, you know, involved in, you know, political debates, political questions. There's obviously, you know, a very special situation in, in the U.S. Um, what do you think is the responsibility for, you know, sports people, like, you know, very, you know, celebrity people, you know, to get involved into, you know, this discussion around what, what's, what's going on? Well, I think uh, every player now has, has a huge platform. You know, back in the days, 20, 30 years ago, it wasn't just like that. You, you had to get your point across uh, in interviews or whatever. But now you have, you know, you have all these social media tools with Twitter and Instagram and all these things. So every player has, has, has a huge platform. And I think the, the NBA has been one of the most open sports leagues in the world. And that's, of course, that, that, is, that is great for the players. They let, they, they give the players the chance to, to use their platforms for, for, for all the things they support. And I think at the end of the day, I think the players can decide them for themselves. Uh, what, what do I stand for? What do I want to support? And of course, uh, for me, it was always, I wanted to support my, my, or, or, or support my two foundations and, and do good work there. And so, but like I said, everybody has, has the, the chance and the opportunity to use the platform in however way they want to make a change ultimately in, in the society. Right. You know, talking about change and responsibility and creating impact. And, you know, this is how we kicked off this conversation, right? Leaving the game better than you found it. What do you think when you look at all the entrepreneurs that you talk to or you read about or you get, you know, in touch with, what do you think is like the role of the next generation of leaders to leave the game better than they found it? 
Well, I think uh, I mentioned a little bit in, in the first question. My my motto was always to to never be satisfied. Always, always keep growing, uh, keep uh, keep improving. Never, uh, you know, once you have a good deal or as a business guy, you you sign a good deal. Don't be happy. Don't be too satisfied. Of course, it's normal to to enjoy that for a bit. But then, you know, I went right back at it. I wanted to improve some more. I wanted to uh, even get better. So uh, don't don't put a ceiling on on your limit. Uh, you know, always keep working. And that was my motto, really. Try try to be the best player you can be. And and I worked towards that uh, to get everything out of my talent. Uh, of course, I was very privileged and blessed with with height and and athleticism a little bit and 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 hand-eye coordination, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I wanted to get everything out of my, my talent. So put all the work in, work hard every day. It's, it's fulfilling. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, the sky's the limit for you. Is this something that you can learn or is it something that you just have inside you, like fire in the belly? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's part of your DNA uh, to to keep improving and and keep wanting more. Uh, but I also think uh, people can learn it. Uh, they can maybe some uh, work hard, but they know really how to work smart. So mm -hmm. that's where the mentor comes in and and guides you. You know, you're wasting time here. You're wasting time there. You know, this is the the direction you should you should be going in. But uh, yeah, people can definitely learn how to work hard and work smart. So, uh, yeah, you just need some need for me. I needed some guidance, um, in, in a way to get, to get better and use that, that hard work in, in the right direction. And it's also, you know, about focus, focusing on the right thing, which is like a pretty tough thing to do when you are surrounded by all that noise, be it, you know, as a superstar who's, you know, like constantly people would, you know, walk up to you and talk to you. Or if you're an entrepreneur who's like, has to deal with like so many different stakeholders, you know, the employees on the one hand, the investor, the public, politics, you know, his own private life. So, you know, what did you learn, you know, about focus and focusing on the right thing during your career? Yeah, of course, that's that's very important to you, uh, especially when you're like in a big, in a big game and Uh, you want to kind of block out the the outside noise and and just focus on on the, on the task at hand. Um, I think that's that's very important too. And I think that comes for me that came with experience. I think uh, for me it was very hard at the beginning when I started my career to be to be consistent because mm -hmm. you know you, when you're young you, you know you, you get you super high when you make a deal or whatever and you're super down disappointed when things don't work out your way so to me I, I needed to learn to, to get some consistency in my performance and I think that that came with learning how to how to focus on certain things how um, yeah how to uh, with experience just helped me in that area to grow. And um, so, yeah, focus is to me was was one thing that was um, that was, of course, very, uh, very important. So, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Um, that's that's how I try to focus on 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 trying to get better. And, you know, to me, it was important to have good players and good coaches around around me. So I'm not sure how it is in the business world, but as a 
as a CEO or whatever, I can, I can imagine you want to have smart people around you and you want, you don't want to think you're, you're the smartest guy always in the room. You, you want to be find people that you want to learn from and that, that make you better and make you grow. So I think that was important also in my career. Right. When you think about the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Europe, in Germany, all the people in our audience here, you know, watching you, getting inspired by, by your thoughts, what do you think they should take away um, after this session? What, what are your wishes? What are your hopes for, you know, the country where you grew up? Yeah, I'm hoping that it uh, keeps growing. Obviously, with with Corona, I think everybody is, is the whole world is is going through through a tough phase. But you know what? I think we're we're going to go through it. We're going to go through it together, and we're going to hopefully recover strong. And uh, and everybody has 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 opportunities again. So. You know, if, if I was a business guy, I would, I would try to, you know, try to manage through right now and just, you know, somehow try to make the most or the best out of it and, and come back out of, uh, out of it better, uh, somehow set up, um, you know, to, to, to make a huge run after. Um, so that's how I would see it as, as a player. I know for me, this would be You know, if, if this was a setback in my career, you know, I would I would be super frustrated and disappointed. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you get over your disappointment and, and you want to get better. You want to look forward to what's ahead. And you, that that should motivate you to to find ways and, and not settle, find ways to make it work. So, uh, you know, sometimes uh, a positive mindset uh, helps in a lot of things and get through tough times. Yeah. How do you keep up this positivity um, as a founder, you know, specifically in these tough times? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but, you know, I'm sure it's, it's a lot easier said than done, but you, you can't go to work every day or for me as an athlete and just come in after right. tough loss and, ha and hang my head all the time. You know, um, at some point you want to get over, you want to get over that loss. And, and, you know, especially in a, in a regular season, we have a game every other day. So when there's a tough loss, of course, I have a sleepless night. Uh, and the next day, of course, I might be a little down, but then, you know, the following day, I got to be ready. I got, I got to show, I got to lead by example. I got to be in early. I got to get my, my work in. I want, I want to inspire, obviously my teammates and, and the coaches. Right. I want to show them, okay, this is over. You know, we're, we're, we're ready to go. Um, I moved on and I'm ready for the next challenge. So I know this is, this is, I'm sure a super, super hard time for, for all businesses now. Um, but you know, you just, uh, hopefully get through it and, and look forward to new, new, uh, new, new challenges. Thanks, Dirk Nowitzki. It was really great to talk to you. And I think we got a lot of inspirational thoughts and, you know, we look forward to see you in Lederhosen, obviously, yeah. <laughs> hopefully uh, soon here again. Uh, it was really great to talk to you. And I think we are like ready and we got like so much positive idea, ideas out of your, uh, this conversation. Uh, so thanks a lot and see you next week at next year at Oktoberfest. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I hope uh, it, it was, was great for you guys. I had, a, I had so much fun. So hope to see you guys next year in October first. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 
All right, that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us and subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new episode ever again. You find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening. Next week, we have Anne Bowden on, the CEO and co-founder of Starling Bank, an extraordinary fintech entrepreneur. See you there.